Hey everyone, welcome to Crossroads. Obviously, I'm not Pastor Chuck. I'm Lauren, I'm one of the teaching pastors here, and I'm super excited about Christmas. I hope you are too. Okay, I have a question for you. So if you can respond in the chat with your response, number one, two, or a three, when I ask you this question, that would be awesome. Okay, what best describes you? You are so sick of 2020 right now that you actually got out your Christmas decorations and you set up your tree right around Halloween time. Put a number one in the chat. Number two, you always set up Christmas before Thanksgiving. The tree, decorations, all that. If that best describes you, put a number two in the chat. Thirdly, you never disc Thanksgiving. So number three, you wait till after Thanksgiving and you set up your tree and your decorations after Thanksgiving, put a number three in the chat. Well, Crossroads is an amazing place because we have a great hybrid of all of these things. We actually set up our tree outside and it's beautiful right after Halloween, but we wait till after Thanksgiving to do all the decorations and to celebrate Christmas. So I get to kick off the Christmas series with you guys and 25 days of Advent, which starts today. So we hope you will join us for that. And I'll chat with you a little bit later about that as the sermon progresses. So you guys, I was social media surfing a little bit ago and a it's a common COVID pastime. And I came across an offer I couldn't pass up. Normally I just skim right by these things and I'm like, no, thank you. I'm not gonna buy it. And sometimes I'll click on them, take a quick peek and then put it away. But no, you guys, this was a Yeti cooler for only $50, seriously. This Yeti cooler is normally $250 and it's mint green, my favorite, and it has hard walls and it has the wheels and everything. And I looked at it and I was like, okay, is it worth risking $50 for what might not come? And I, you know, side note, I really love a good deal. Um, if you give me a coupon code, I am all there. So. I just had to say yes, and so after checking out the website, I did it. I got an email confirmation, and I was like, awesome, we are doing good. And then a month later, the tracking code came. My Yeti cooler was on its way. I knew there was a potential that it might be too good to be true, and um, after a while, I actually kind of forgot about it, and then something unexpected came in the mail. I mean, something really unexpected came in the mail. I got this little white package, and in this package was, yes, a cheap plastic ring. And it says $128 on here, but I think maybe it's worth like a quarter, maybe. I was racking my brain trying to figure out if I ordered this plastic ring, if somebody ordered it for me, then I'm like, oh my goodness. I run to my computer, I check out that tracking number for the Yeti cooler, it perfectly matches the tracking number on this package. I was completely duped, right? I was duped. I think that this is more like the life that we're used to, especially this year. We have this really, really high hope that something great is gonna happen. And then we get a cheap plastic ring. So I realize, and I want you guys to know that life is often different than what we expect. Let's talk about 2020 just for a minute. So we had our New Year's Eve parties, right? And we were super excited. Bring on 2020, let's celebrate. And then COVID happened, right? Number two, you actually 
might have been looking forward to 2020 because you were going to get a job promotion. In fact, you were poised, you were ready. You had a great relationship with your boss, you had all your ducks in a row, and you're almost there at the height of your career, and then you get laid off. This happened to so many people. You guys, how about this? You're single. 2020 is your year. You're going to find Mr. or Mrs. Right, and you are going to put yourself out there, and you're going to make this happen, and you're going to make the relationships the best ever. And then quarantine happened, and you're stuck inside your house, and you can't even see your friends. How about you're a high school or college student, senior year? This is it. You're looking forward to graduation, grad parties, having all the festivities. This is going to be your best year ever. Add on top of that, maybe you played sports and you're going to win and you are going to succeed and you are going to be the leader of your team. And then you end up finishing your school year on Zoom and you might have a drive-through graduation at best. And lastly, this one is a little bit sad because you're looking forward to making these really positive family memories. And you guys are excited about having connections and then all of a sudden you lose a loved one to COVID. And this is what happened this year, 2020. Our expectations, we had hoped for a Yeti cooler and we got the cheap plastic ring. I want you guys to know that our expectations become associated with disappointment. We are not the first to experience this. In fact, this has actually been happening for generations to come. This has been going on for all of mankind. And I think Jesus came unexpected. He came at Christmas time as a baby in a completely unexpected way. And I think he is actually still unexpected today. And I think what we hear about him is not the same as when we get to know him, the true Jesus, and experience him. And this was the same with the Jews. So when the Old Testament ends, life was pretty good for the Jews. They had their community prioritized. They were a familial culture. So they, they had generation, loving generation. They had a common language, which was Hebrew, that they passed down to their kids. They had a culture of celebration. They actively remembered the faithfulness of God for years upon years. And they had these huge festivals where they would celebrate with parties and feasts and, and all this stuff. And it was an amazing community. And they prioritized their God, Yahweh. They prioritized him by loving him and loving others. They cared about things such as the poor, the orphan, and the widow. They cared about justice. And they certainly cared about righteousness, about right living, about doing things the right way for their God. But when we pick up in the New Testament, something has drastically gone wrong. There was 400 years where all of this changed. What exactly happened? Let's pray. Jesus, I just want to ask your presence to be here today, that your Holy Spirit would come and speak to us that as we look at our past year, 2020, and we go into this Christmas celebration, the unexpected has definitely happened, but I ask Jesus that you would open the eyes of our hearts to see you in a fresh new way, and that you would allow us to expect you, Jesus, in the way that you came to save us. And we ask this in the precious name of Jesus, amen. In the Bible, you might see a page separating the Old and the New Testament. 
and it's just simply a blank white page. A lot of stuff happened here on this page. In fact, this page represents a 400-year history. So a conqueror named Alexander the Great, he came in and he brought Hellenism, which is the Greek way of life. And what he did was he established all these cities and he actually dominated with his way, with his opinion, and with his culture. He didn't come into two parties and say, hey guys, let's collaborate together and figure out, figure out which way of life works for you, for me, let's compromise. Absolutely not. He was a brutal conqueror. It was his way, he dominated, and it was, there was no other option. So during these 400 years, Alexander the Great pretty much gave the Jews Vegas, the base appetites of the flesh. Let me share an example of what one of these things might look like in today's culture. So in the area of worship, Jews were very reverent. They loved their God, they were contemplative, they were uh, religious, they were um, just a wonderful example of what it meant to respect who God is, and they would have times of worship much like Crossroads today. So Alexander the Great, when I say he brought in Vegas, he brought these temple worship experiences where I can imagine some pole dancing, some gambling, and some drugs were taking place, and that's what was happening in his way of life. And so this culture slowly started to permeate and strangle the Jewish way of life and their focus as a nation. Even their sacred written language changed from Hebrew to Greek. And the biggest theme of this transition is that a culture of individualism took over. So man's happiness and his pleasure became the highest, highest goal. And uh, it wasn't this communal way of loving others and loving God. And Rome liked the Greek way. So Rome decided to take on the Greek way and they kept the party going. So while all this was happening, the Jews had a specific expectation, something to give them hope amidst this oppression that they were experiencing. They knew from the scriptures that there was a coming Messiah, a king, and they were hoping that this savior would save them from their oppressors and that their savior would make things right. They wanted their way of life back. They had lost everything. And when I say they had lost everything, I just described it for you, but imagine how they felt losing their way of life and they were holding on to this little glimmer of hope. And they even tried to rebel against Alex the Great. They tried to take matters into their own hands and just push against it, but it did not result in what they had wanted, their way of life back. And so their hope was all placed in this one person, this Messiah who was coming to make things right. This sounds a bit like today, COVID. Let's talk about that for a second. We have all lost something. I haven't talked to one person who hasn't lost something in COVID. And we're talking our little freedoms, our small freedoms. We're talking about some big freedoms. How about our health, our jobs? education, how our kids are educated. Everyone has lost something during COVID. How about our political system, our political climate today? Right, whatever side you're on, we've all lost something. It's so different today than it was, and we all falsely believe, myself included, that if we could just go back to normal, then things would be okay. Don't we all wanna get back to normal? Don't we all want to stop having to pivot every time another change comes? 
Don't we all want God to respond to our prayers in a specific way? I know I do. I ask him for specific things and I'm like, please God, respond to me in that way. And aren't we all longing for justice? We sound just like the Israelites. God promised justice. It says in Isaiah 42, behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom my soul delights, I have put my spirit upon him and he will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry out, he will not raise his voice. I like that, I like that. He got his way. His voice was not heard in the street, a bent reed he will not break off, a dimly burning wick he will not extinguish. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not be disheartened or crushed until he has established justice here on the earth. So the Israelites longed for justice. We long for justice. God promised it. He also promised freedom. It says, continuing on in Isaiah 42, I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will also uphold you by the hand and watch over you. And I will appoint you as a covenant to the people, a light to the nations, to open blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon and those who dwell in darkness from prison. Isaiah 49, to say to the captives, come out, and to those in darkness, be free. Isaiah 52, shake off your dust, rise up, sit in throne, Jerusalem, free yourself from the chains around your neck. It's easy to understand with this kind of language written in the Holy Scriptures what the Jews were expecting. What do you think from reading this? Justice for the nations? Setting the captives free? No more darkness? It sounds like world powers at play. It sounds like an army is coming. It sounds like the military, a commander is rising in power, and that's the one we want to pin our hopes on. And to me, it sounds like William Wallace from Braveheart. I don't know if you're a Braveheart fan, but William Wallace is a late 13th century Scott warrior, and the film Braveheart, which is fictional, depicts the life of William Wallace leading the Scots against the first war of Scottish independence from King Edward of England. And so William Wallace was this amazing character, emboldened and calling for freedom. Or maybe you're a gladiator fan and uh, you like Maximus when he rises to the ranks of the arena to avenge his family and his emperor. And he leads out with this battle cry. He's asking for everyone to be on his team and to charge the enemy. Or maybe you're a Troy fan and you want to see the winner. You want to see that Greek army fight the Trojan army and you want to see the victor. When I read those scriptures from Isaiah, these are the kinds of images that come to my mind. And so what stirs on our soul when we see this, when we hear these scriptures being read? We connect with it, we want it today. And we want a representative for the people. I want a William Wallace who will fight for the people, someone strong who can take back what we have lost. And the Jews, they wanted this too. I have such compassion for them because I can imagine who they were and where they were with what we're experiencing today. They wanted this king to come in power and to rule in authority and to give that true freedom. You guys, they just wanted their temple rebuilt. They wanted to be part of the community, not ostracized from the community. They didn't want to be slaves of the Roman soldiers. They didn't want to be taxed unfairly. They wanted freedom from Caesar, not having to bow down to somebody else's authority. 
They wanted this justice, justice for the nations that was promised in Isaiah and that freedom that rang so true in those scriptures. They wanted that freedom against Rome and against the Greek and against their oppressors. From what we know in the New Testament, the Jews' wishes were not granted. And from what we've experienced, the expected doesn't happen. Jesus was not what the Jews were expecting. He wasn't. Jesus was not what the Jews were expecting. They ordered a Yeti cooler and they thought they got a cheap plastic ring because they see a baby and not a savior. At Christmas time, we celebrate Jesus coming as this precious baby. And in our culture, this is a beautiful thing. In the Jewish culture, babies were looked at like less than trash. They were, they were not worthwhile for anything. And so the Jews were like, what is this baby gonna do? That's not a savior. And then when Jesus grew up and became a man, they were expecting a warrior. They got a carpenter, right? It's a little bit different, right? That's, that's not the same thing. And then he ends up challenging the Roman government and then he dies this criminal's death. So instead of in rising in power and becoming that man that they wanted to lead them, he humbles himself as a sacrifice. Now we start to see something different than what they expected, but it's something far better. They wanted temporary freedom. The Jews wanted this temporary freedom, this freedom from their oppressors, this freedom from the tyranny of the government, this, this freedom to live with their culture. They really needed eternal freedom. And that's what Jesus came to bring. Galatians 4 has an amazing way of, of sharing this. Paul writes, when the fullness of time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption as sons and daughters. And I want to break this verse down for you because it's so important. When I read this verse and I internalized it, what is actually being stated here about Jesus, the true Jesus? In the fullness of time, Jesus came as a baby, and as I shared, that baby was not really well looked upon at the time. But it was God's timetable, not theirs. It's always God's timetable, not ours. When Jesus comes unexpected, he comes in a way that says, I'm here and you don't expect it, and it's better than what you wanted or expected because we trust him and he is sovereign. Secondly, it says God sent forth his son. <laughs> this is amazing. Because Jesus came as a baby, God uh, revealed himself. He chose to reveal himself in the person of Jesus so that we could get to know God in the flesh. He chose to reveal himself in the person of Jesus with his heart so that we could get to know him as a person. He's not far from us. He is close to us. He seeks that relationship with us. He was born of a woman because Jesus came as a baby. He came in meekness. He came in meekness and a human born naturally. He didn't get special privileges. Philippians chapter 2 says, Jesus actually did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped. So Jesus was God, but he didn't consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he made himself nothing. He took on the very form of a servant. That's totally upside down, totally unexpected. He was born under the law. 
because Jesus came as a sacrifice, he came to fulfill the law. What the Jews were trying to live up to, this law in their righteous behavior, and what we try to live up to today, Jesus fulfilled it all by shedding his blood on the cross for our sins. He took that law and he said, I am coming to fulfill the law. Simply believe in me and you will have that eternal freedom. And then it says, in order that he might redeem those who were under the law. Redeem means an even exchange. He transformed us. He gave us life and freedom and all those things. When we give him our sins and our failures and all of our mess ups and our mistakes, he exchanged his life for ours. He redeemed us that we might receive the adoption as sons. This is my favorite part. Jesus came as a sacrifice and not a king. We are now able to be adopted into his family. My friends, Fenella and Sebastian, they're adopting a little girl from India. This little girl, when she gets to their home, no longer will she be fatherless, parentless, and homeless. She will have a home. And that's what Jesus did with us. He adopted us into his family. No longer are we homeless, fatherless, parentless, we are part of his family and it feels so good to be part of something that there's nothing we can do that would make us not be part of that family. Adoption is this beautiful thing. Now I ask you, which is better? The Jesus the Jews were expecting? The king? Or the Jesus who actually came on Christmas morning? The baby. The million dollar question is, with knowing this difference and wanting, I hope, this true freedom. How do we get it? How do we get freedom? Well, I'm gonna give you just some simple thoughts right now to help us understand how we can get Jesus's freedom that he offers us. Number one is just to get to know the real Jesus, not our expectations of him. This takes work, takes a little bit of a second look, because again, we wanna pray for the things that we want him to do in our timetable so that he will meet our needs in the way that we think we want it done. But you know what? That was the Jewish way, asking for the things that they wanted Jesus to do. But when we turn and we get to know who Jesus actually is, we can actually experience freedom in a way we never thought possible. And so John chapter eight says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. John is an apostle who lived with Jesus um, while he was alive and then after as well. And so when John writes these words, he's actually declaring to us, when you get to know truth, you'll be set free. And then he later explains in John 14, six, well, who is truth? He quotes Jesus. Jesus answered and said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So when we get to know Jesus, we get to know truth, and when we know truth, we are set free. So knowing Jesus and having a relationship with him, the real Jesus actually gives us that freedom. And one way that we're doing as a church this season is we're um, celebrating Advent, Advent. And the Advent season is really cool because it's the expectation and setting up our hearts and our minds to expect Jesus through this season. 
So as a church, we're doing a 25-day Advent. You can buy a journal online at our website. You can also get an Advent box with chocolates for the kids and do Advent with them. And this is a really neat time where every day you learn something about Jesus in this season and we expect him in the way that he chose to come and reveal himself to us. And so I would really encourage you to do Advent with us as a church, be part of this family. You can also check out our Instagram every day where we have different pastors sharing devotions for Advent to help really get us into the Christmas season with Jesus as the focus. And we're committing to only 25 days, not 400 years, as the Jews had to. So um, the second thing is, as you get to know Jesus in a deeper way, is to hold your expectations loosely. That's how you experience freedom, is actually to let it go. Elsa had it right. That's right. Um, there are things in life we can control. And let's talk about that for just a moment. During COVID, this has been super important for all of us. Eating habits, exercise, health, uh, being wise, how about setting some goals that we can actually go after, having fun, choosing to have fun and choosing to get rid of negative thoughts. Those are all things that we can control and those are really, really good things. But then there's some things we cannot control, just as we can't control what is happening in this world today, right? We can't control COVID, a virus, a pandemic. We can't control the political scene. We can't control others' fears. We can't control a lot of things. Henry Cloud, Dr. Henry Cloud wrote the book Boundaries and he writes a lot of good books and he has this quote, focus on what you can control, not what you cannot control. Take action on the control list. Take action, do the things you can control. But then he says, after that, let it go. Just let it go. When we hold our expectations loosely, we allow Jesus to come in the way that he wants us to see him and to understand him in the way that he is revealing himself to us. And so we can just let that go. And lastly, don't stop expecting good things. I think that we naturally stop looking for good things when we get disappointed. Just like I got that cheap plastic ring and I was like, okay, no more. I am never signing up for one of those marketing gimmicks again. I'm not going to order anything online and go nuts because my expectations were sorely disappointed. And I think that's what happens to us. We get into these patterns of stopping expecting and we get disappointed. But Jesus is actually saying, you know, good things are still coming. You have to be patient. You have to wait on the Lord, just like the Jewish nation had to be patient. And Jesus did come. It took him a long time, but he did come and he will come and he will answer your prayer and he will give you blessings, maybe not in the way that you are looking or expecting, but don't stop expecting that he will bless you. He wants to give good gifts to his children. He wants to encourage your heart. He wants you to know that he loves you so much. And sometimes those blessings just come later. And so don't stop expecting and wait for him. This is freedom in its truest form, getting to know the real Jesus, holding our expectations loosely, and then not stopping expecting good things. And when we belong to him, we experience that freedom. And so I wanna share with you just what freedom looks like when we truly grasp it. When we are free, we are able to trust his timetable and not ours. We're able to say, yep, I'm gonna freely pray over this, ask for it, but Jesus, when you decide, if you decide, that's your deal. You're God, I'm not. 
When we are free, we are able to accept others' generosity towards us, which really means we're able to accept Jesus' generosity towards us. I love this one because it's sometimes hard to accept others when they give us things, um, encouragement, gifts, positive things. But if we can learn to receive those things, we experience freedom and we receive from Jesus as well. When we are free, we can be open and vulnerable huh, about our mistakes, about who we really are, what we're afraid of. I think vulnerability has gotten a bad rap in a number of years, uh, but there's a, a psychologist and a researcher named Brene Brown who has been studying vulnerability for like 30 years. And she has an amazing Netflix out, The Call to Courage, but she will tell you that when you're vulnerable, you actually are free because you release those fears to others and they can say, oh, that's me too. I, I identify with that. I feel that. When we talk about COVID and how we feel about this season of life and we're real with that, other people can feel connected to you and to each other. So be vulnerable, be open, and that's freedom. And when we're free, we don't finish the story, but we let it stay open, waiting with anticipation for what's next, not trying to manipulate it. This one for me is really, really hard because I like to control situations and manipulate things, right? I'm a woman. But this right here says, if we can let that story stay open, get to know there's other answers, there's other endings, there's other pieces of the puzzle we don't understand, and to allow our mind to be open to the fact that there is a much bigger thing happening than what's happening in our little world. We can be free. We don't have to worry about it. We can just let it go. And when we're free, we're not looking for special privileges. We're not looking for, I deserve, it's my right. I'm gonna fight for what I think is, is true. We're actually letting that go as well. We're free. We're not having to defend and to, to pursue an agenda. We can just simply say, Jesus knows he's bigger and I am trusting him. And lastly, when we are free, we can choose to accept the love and the family that God offers us through adoption as his children. This is a choice that I made when I was just a little girl. I chose to accept Jesus into my heart, to accept God as my father, and to be adopted into his family forever. And I've never turned back from that time when I was a little girl. I have walked with Jesus and been with him. It doesn't mean everything's been perfect by any means. It just means I've had somebody with me every, every time. He is always for me. And I know that there are some of you out there right now who have never made the choice to accept Jesus and to be adopted into his family. You have been settling for this cheap plastic ring, hoping that it would bring you what you want when he offers you so much more. There's an amazing scripture that Paul writes in Galatians. He says, it is for freedom that Christ set us free. Stand firm then and do not be yoked again to slavery. And the scripture is so amazing because Paul is, is crying out saying, Christ came to set us free, so therefore be free, choose freedom. And the way to choose freedom is to acknowledge that you have sin, we all have sin. Romans tells us that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. 
to acknowledge you have sin, that you don't know all the answers, and that you want to be free from your guilt, from your past, from your addictions, from whatever is oppressing or holding you down. You want those chains to be released, as it says in the Old Testament. You want light to come out of darkness. You want that. And right now I know that the Holy Spirit is speaking to some of your hearts and he is actually calling you to accept him. He's actually saying right now, today is the day of salvation. Choose to accept Jesus and be adopted into his family forever. No longer be a slave, you will be free. So in a minute, I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. It's a very simple prayer. But this prayer is more about the attitude of your heart that you would actually agree with Jesus and invite him to be your father. And before I pray, let me just share with you that this is the, one of the most, the most important decision you will ever make in your entire life. And if you pray, we're going to ask you to be very bold after you pray and to text the word amen to 69922. And the reason why we're asking that you do this is because we want to get to know you your name is very important, just like Jesus knows your name. And we want to follow up with you and help you on your faith journey. And so as we pray right now, I'm going to ask you, everyone here, if you could just close your eyes and bow your heads. And if you already know Jesus, pray for all those who are listening who don't know him. And if you want to accept Jesus today, if you want that freedom, if you want to no longer settle for the cheapness of this world, but you want eternal freedom, simply pray these words after me. Jesus, thank you for coming as a baby and growing up and dying on the cross for my sins. I acknowledge I have so many sins and I'm afraid possibly that you can't forgive them but I accept your forgiveness today because you promised that your blood covers all sin and I accept you into my heart. I want to be part of your family. Thank you for being a dad, a father to me. Make me the kind of person you want me to be. In Jesus' name, Amen. And amen if you prayed that prayer. And if you prayed that prayer, as I mentioned, we would love for you to text the word amen to 69922. We also have a free gift for you. It's an electronic version of Rick Warren's book called The Purpose Driven Life. This is a really uh, great book. It's a, a simple read, but it has a lot of great truths in there and it helps you develop in your faith on your faith journey. So if you text 69922, the word amen, we will send that electronic version of the book out to you um, pretty soon. And you guys, like I said, this is the Advent season. This is the expected time when we get to choose to expect Jesus. Join us as a church as we do Advent together. And if I could bless you guys, go ahead and hold out your hands right now. And I want to bless you as we close. In Romans 1, it says, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. May you know that you are free from all guilt and sin. And may you expect Jesus in the way that he came, not as the Jews expected, but as he came today. And may his voice not be silent. 
And may you hear him loudly. And may Jesus shine his face upon you and give you peace this holiday season. All right, amen. And if you made a first time decision, uh, we have a host that would be happy to follow up with you after this. And I hope you guys all have a great week.